Fresh Pickings is a podcast by Heritage Radio Network, presented by Bob's Red Mill. Love learning about food? Get more superfood for your brain with the featured podcast miniseries, Fresh Pickings. Go to bobsredmill.com slash freshpickings. What do linoleum, bed sheets, and nutritional supplements have in common? They're all made from flax. Flax is an amazingly versatile food and fiber crop. In fact, it's one of the oldest fiber crops in the world, known to have been cultivated in ancient Egypt and China. If it seems like flax is good for everything, that's because it is. Its Latin name is Usititissimum, which means most useful. Welcome to Fresh Pickings. I'm your host, Kat Johnson, and today we're getting flaxy. On this episode, we're going to talk to Harry Rosenblum, host of Feast Your Ears here on Heritage Radio Network about all things flaxseed. Then, vegan low glycemic load blogger and chef Elizabeth Taylor, yeah, you heard right, will give us a recipe that puts flaxseed meal to good use. So stay tuned. You know, I don't think it's fair that cotton is called the fabric of our lives when flax is clearly the superior crop. Flax? What the flax is that? Okay, Jordan, flax is a plant that has all kinds of uses, including textiles. It's what they use to make linen. Linen? That just makes me think of old hippies and high school English teachers. Okay, that's fair. But cotton makes me think of sweaty gym shirts and tidy whities I'd take a billowy pair of linen pants over that any day. Besides, Europe and North America depended on flax for vegetable-based cloth until the 19th century, and then cotton overtook it. Flax fibers are two times as strong as cotton fibers. Okay, that's a good point. But is the flax that goes into pants and tablecloths the same as the flax that we eat in seedy bread? I think so, but it sounds like I should probably call an expert to help sort that out. While flax refers to the plant itself, it also refers to the unspun fibers of the plant. The species is known only as a cultivated plant and appears to have been domesticated from the wild species, Linum biene, called pale flax. I'm talking with Harry Rosenblum, host of Feast Your Ears here on Heritage Radio Network and co-owner of The Brooklyn Kitchen, an awesome cooking store in Williamsburg. So Harry, what's the deal with eating flax? Well, Kat, flax seed sprouts are edible and they have a slightly spicy flavor. In northern India, flax seed called tisi or alsi is usually roasted, powdered, and then eaten with boiled rice and a little water and a little salt. It's also used in sabji curries. Oh, I love curry. So are the seeds edible too, or just the sprouts? Oh, the seeds are totally edible. Um, But if you grind them first, it unlocks a lot of its health benefits. Flaxseed meal is much more readily digested than eating the whole seed. And although flaxseed meal contains all sorts of healthy components, primarily there are three of them that are important. Omega-3, essential fatty acids, lignans, and fiber. The omega-3 fatty acids are the good fats that have been shown to have heart-healthy effects. Two tablespoons of flax meal offers 2,430 milligrams of omega-3s. Lignans have both plant estrogen and antioxidant qualities, and flaxseed contains almost 80 times as much lignin as any other plants. 
Flaxseed meal is also high in dietary fiber, which contains both soluble and insoluble fiber. It's a powerful natural cholesterol controller. That is a lot. So based on all of that, I am assuming that flaxseed meal must be huge in the health community. It absolutely is. And we have people coming into the Brooklyn kitchen talking about flaxseed and flaxseed oil all the time. Often they look like they're coming straight from yoga class. <laughs> but they're not just jumping on the modern bandwagon. Flax is thought to have been cultivated in Babylon as early as 3000 BC. And in the 8th century, King Charlemagne believed so strongly in the health benefits of flaxseed that he passed laws requiring his subjects to consume it. Wow, you know, I'm glad that we have separation of flax and state now. <laughs> Me too, although perhaps we should all be eating more flax. Experts today say that we, in fact, have research that backs Charlemagne's claims. So you don't have to eat it on its own. Flaxseed meal, like the one that Bob's Red Mill makes, is freshly milled and preserves natural oils and nutrients. You can add it to bread, pancakes, muffins, bars, cookies, all sorts of things. I like putting flaxseed on my oatmeal in the morning. So one other question I have for you, um, what about flaxseed oil? Well, I love flaxseed oil. It has a really great nutty flavor and I love to put it on salads or put it into marinades, though my number one use for flaxseed oil is for seasoning cast iron cookware. It polymerizes, which creates that great nonstick surface that we all love about cast iron. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that settles it. Flax is a wonder ingredient that we all should have in our kitchen. Thanks, Harry. I'm here with my longtime friend, Elizabeth Taylor, who is an animal-loving vegan food blogger and not a diamond-laden actress. Elizabeth runs her blog, VLGL, a collection of vegan, low-glycemic load culinary creations. Elizabeth, can you tell us what vegan, low-glycemic load means? Hi, Kat. Of course. Firstly, veganism is a lifestyle by which the practitioners avoid use of all animal products, particularly where food is concerned. Veganism is becoming increasingly well-known in this day and age. The glycemic load part is a little less mainstream. The glycemic load is a measure of how a food will affect the blood sugar of the person who eats it. Foods that have a high glycemic load are things like processed carbohydrates and sugary sweets. I personally practice a vegan, low-glycemic load eating philosophy to avoid inflammation while staying true to my long-time plant-based lifestyle. Great. So what is, um, on a day-to-day -day basis, what does your VLGL diet look like? VLGL is a whole foods, plant-based way of cooking and eating that emphasizes non-starchy vegetables, whole fruits, nuts, legumes, seeds, and certain whole grains. That sounds reasonable and delicious. So what recipe are you going to share with us? Today I brought to you my go-to grain-free granola recipe. I have always loved a crunchy bowl of cereal in the morning, and while I love to watch my morning cartoons with an enormous bowl of Cocoa Puffs as a kid, my adult self is all about granola topped with fruit and plant-based milk. Unfortunately, even so-called healthy store-brought granolas are so loaded with sugar and grains that they tend to have a moderate or high glycemic load. So I like to make this grain-free granola for the taste sensation without the blood sugar spike. That's, that's great. Actually, can you develop a recipe for grain-free Cocoa Puffs next? Um, but what makes your granola grain-free? So no lie, I have actually been daydreaming about how to make VLGL Cocoa Puffs happen 
but in the meantime, this granola is pretty fantastic. It incorporates shredded coconut and sliced almonds for crunch, cinnamon and nutmeg for that classic cozy flavor, a little agave nectar for sweetness and to form those classic granola clusters, and for some beneficial omega-3 fatty acids, walnuts, hemp hearts, and of course, ground flaxseed. It is delicious topped with berries and plant-based milk, particularly coconut or almond milk. Thanks to Elizabeth Taylor for sharing her tips for using flaxseed meal. You can find her recipe for grain-free granola at bobsredmill.com slash freshpickings. Well, that's just about everything you could possibly want to know about flaxseed meal. If you liked what you heard, be sure to check out our other episodes of Fresh Pickings and learn more about Bob's Red Mill's favorite ingredients, including some delicious recipes and great coupon offers by going to bobsredmill.com slash freshpickings. Bob's Red Mill believes in good food for all. For Heritage Radio Network, I'm your host, Kat Johnson. Thanks for joining us.